Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, this is the Philosophical Angle program, and I am your host, Chris Angle. I'm the author of four books on philosophy, one of which is the Philosophical Equations of Economics. The purpose of the Philosophical Angle is to examine the nature of concepts being used in current media. So, in recently in, in current media, there has been much discussion about North Korea. In fact, there was a bomb uh, scare over Hawaii. And so we're going to examine something uh, about the nature of war. I think it's a pretty interesting topic. It needs to be discussed. And so let's let's start. We're going to uh, let's start with the ingredients of uh, of that which makes war. And here are the ingredients. And by the way, the ingredients of that which makes war is also the ingredients of that which makes peace because they're just the flip side of the same coin. They can go either way. Uh, the direction of, of the ingredients determines whether it's going toward peace or whether it's going toward war. So let's go and uh, examine these ingredients. First of all, the very first ingredient and the primary one is the law of the, un, of the unlimited demand for the good. And that is uh, every life entity has the demand for more good in its life. And it's never ending. Even collectors, when they collect something like watches, pocket watches, they still like more because the additional one has an aesthetic appeal and that adds to their collection. And there's no limit to it because they appreciate it so much that they like to look at the beauty of it. And and when person when people uh, achieve wealth, more wealth adds to their goodness, and so they accept that that wealth because there's never there's a never-ending desire for that which benefits an individual life entity, and it will, all we have to do is look inside ourselves to see that this is true. The next ingredient of our war is the is freedom freedom is the is a is a, a key ingredient to whether it's war or peace and the creation and freedom is the creation of a priority and then the effectuation of the priority and then a priority is a piece of knowledge that you assign in your uh, in your mind uh, to how you want to order your life. So when you order your life to say that, well, you know, I like uh, steak for dinner on Saturday nights, you place that as a priority to go down to the grocery store on Fridays and get yourself a, a, a piece of steak because you like it and you know that you're going to be hungry on Saturday. And, and so this is a high priority for you. And, and, the, and you establish these priorities, whether going from small priority up to a high priority, and you, this is how you order your lives. And the effectuation of that priority, the combination of creating it in your mind, adding it as a piece of knowledge to how you order your life, and then you go out and uh, execute it. That's freedom. Now, freedom also uh, is in conjunction with motivation. And this is the ratio of the sacrifice uh, 
for everything you do. For example, you're going to go out to get steak on Saturday night, and you compare the sacrifice of going out to get it to going down to the grocery store relative to the reward, the reward of bringing it home, cooking it, and then putting it on your plate, and the reward is actually eating it which is a great satisfaction. So your sacrifice, so you, in order to make the decision whether you're going to uh, execute within the frame of reference of freedom, whether you're going to execute your, your sacrifice to go down and get a steak, you match it up to the, to the, to the, uh, to the reward. And so that's called motivation. And in every decision we have, there is a degree of motivation that we have within that decision which lies within freedom, which is in a background of the demand for that which is good, because you know that steak has a, has, a, uh, has a goodness for you. It's good in taste, it's good for nutrition, and so you perceive that goodness and you execute uh, your decision, your sacrifice, to obtain that reward. And then another ingredient of, of war and peace is competition. And competition is the convergence and divergence of the priorities of two or more entities. So when we come back here and we take a look at our, our freedom that we, that we create our priorities and, and we look at our motivation, comparing uh, the priorities sacrifice with the expected reward, and then if somebody else has that same sacrifice reward on their mind, in other words, by uh, two or more entities, you have competition. And what I mean by convergence and divergence to the priorities, if the convergence is when the, the sacrifice by two or more entities converge on one another. In other words, uh, let's say you're going to go down into the grocery store and buy a steak, and there's only one left there. And two people arrive there, and they both want, they both want steak. So there's a little bit of competition to, to grab that stake, in other words, to get down there first to be able to get it. So, but then you have the divergence. And divergence is when you see that you have competition, all life entities know that is inimical to their, to their health to be in direct convergence of their priorities with others because you have to compete. You're competing for the same priority. So, you try to you try to get away from that you try to diverge you differentiate so let's say i know that i've got a, that stake down there and there are other people that want it so i might have to go to a different grocery store so i diverge and go to another uh, uh, grocery store to diverge from direct competition now, you can see this in the marketplace. Every time that uh, you walk into a drugstore, you go up to the, the toothpaste rack, and, uh, and it's got a lot of different items there. There are all sorts of toothpaste, all the way from the cheap, all the way to very high, and uh, to the more expensive. And within that uh, price range, they've got various types, one that are whitening and uh, one that uh, make your breath feel uh, fresh or one that does this and that. And what's happening here is that companies are subject to the convergence and divergence of, of the priorities of the, 
of their customers. So I'm being a customer, I'm in front of the toothpaste rack, I see that I'm diverging onto uh, the company's priorities to make a, a, uh, a, to, a, a tube of toothpaste for me. And so other companies are doing it also. So in order for the other companies to attract my eye, they diverge, they make a differentiation of their product to catch my eye and maybe the new facets that are in their particular product will attract my eye and I will go to that, that product. All companies do it, especially if you look at car manufacturers. Look at how many car manufacturers have entered the, U, the, the, the world market because the world market is so vast. And so companies have entered it and they converge on the same marketplace, the world market for cars, but they diverge in that they produce many different types of cars attract, to attract the eye of the buyer. So when competition uh, reigns free, uh, divergence is allowed. If there's a have freedom for divergence of, of the priorities, you have peace as long as divergence is permitted. And if divergence is not permitted, you get convergence, and convergence is the opposite direction, and that would be toward war or toward conflict. And that's what happens when two companies converge on the same uh, priority and it's direct competition and the convergence, you have economic war. Uh, if the, if the uh, two products are exactly the same. But life entities know that they don't want to make, they don't want direct competition. So they diverge from that automatically. So this produces the law of differentiation. Divergence from the market priorities, fulfilling new demand to deliver new goodness. And that's because all these facets that are produced by these companies, they do it with the mind of producing an additional piece of goodness, whether it's at a lower price or whether it has uh, an additional facet to it that uh, allows it to be uh, even more uh, uh, useful to the to the buyer. They do this by by uh, by creating new knowledge, and from uh, uh, competition and the law of differentiation comes the need for cooperation, uh, which is the need to produce the goods and services that produces uh, all the goodness in the products that they bring to market. Through the, uh, through the law of differentiation, through, through divergence from the market priorities, which is produced by competition. So, and cooperation produces peace. And the reverse order of not allowing competition, not allowing the differentiation can produce war. And so why did I say co uh, cooperation? Cooperation happens because there's two types of cooperation one from the buyer and the seller offering the product accepting the product delivering your money and uh, that's that's uh, one competition the other type of co i mean uh, cooperation the other type of cooperation is from the internal cooperation of the companies that produce the goodness people cooperate with inside the 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 uh, the uh, the, the companies to produce 
goods and services. And they cooperate together and produce a great uh, product and for the, for the consumer. Okay, so let's, let's now go to the, uh, and see what, what, what happens in, in the creation of any war. There are two starting points. The law of the unlimited demand for the good, which we explained up here, and uh, freedom. Freedom exists uh, in society, for example, Western societies, and, but freedom does not exist within other societies such as North Korea. And when freedom exists, a marketplace exists for people to generate goods and services, creating goodnesses in a society because goods and services are essentially good because they, they're created with the perception that this is good for somebody and buyers buy it because they perceive that what they're buying is going to uh, be good for them and it's going to improve their lives. And as we know, they have, buyers have the unlimited demand for the good. So when freedom is, is depreciated, the vehicle of depreciation through exterior coercion, such as through taxation, regulations, laws, and, and by the way, laws are anti-knowledge, uh, and anti-knowledge plus coercion equals a loss of freedom. And we can go through a history of, of, of wars, and uh, such as the American Revolution, and we can see that this is actually what fomented the uh, the occurrence of, of, of some wars in the past. But the trade-off of some freedom for the protection of government is necessary. Uh, therefore, total freedom is just about impossible uh, if run, uh, unless it's run by perfect individuals. And, it's, it, and it, we're, not, we're not angels, as I think, uh, I think it was Madison in, in, the, um, in one of the uh, Federalist Papers uh, said that, uh, hey, we wouldn't need government if uh, men were angels, but so we're not, so we need government. And with government comes coercion, or the ability to coerce, uh, and, in, and uh, uh, with, uh, with its production of uh, laws and regulations. But some laws and regulations are needed, so uh, society can, can function. So the intensity of competition, if the intensity of competition is less, and, uh, and thus divergence is less, uh, therefore, production of goods would be less if you um, if if too many laws and regulations are installed within a society. Uh, enter uh, so now we, uh, enter the law of unlimited demand for the good. Uh, life entities have a continuous desire for all that, that that is good for oneself, your your mate, and your progeny. So uh, the loss of of goodness is, is sorrowful and is re, uh, resentful. So if you have an intensity of competition where competition is less, allowing less divergence and less freedom, if you uh, if if laws and regulations are 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 cr uh, creating a an atmosphere where there is less competition, where there's less freedom uh, and less divergence to go out and and create new products. Uh, the it you are not able to fulfill the demand for the good, which life entities uh, continuously want, and the loss of this goodness is sorrowful and and resented if if caused by uh, if caused by others, and so you often you often see it you get resentment of the government or anybody who produces coercion uh, upon your your marketplace of 
of, of goods and services that are being provided to you. So if the loss of goodness for an individual is, is caused by another, resentment appears, whether it's government or other individuals or other companies, and there appears uh, the, the right, uh, there appears the potential for a fight. And if the loss of goodness is endured by a nation due to the, the actions of another nation, a potential for war increases. Hey, look what happened to Germany uh, in World War One, and when the British blockaded them. Germany wasn't allowed to go out and and uh, and, and and buy food uh, from overseas markets. So it's 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 competition for to buy food and freedom to buy food food was uh, interdicted by the British blockade, and look what happened. You had war. So uh, even uh, so, let's go back to our, our, our chart here. So even though the potential for war rises in order for war to participate. Uh, precipitate into a, a reality, another ingredient appears, and that's motivation, which we talked about. And motivation is the ratio of the sacrifice versus the reward. Uh, the less the sacrifice uh, relative to the reward, the greater probability of the sacrifice to occur. And so, uh, so now let's let's just uh, let's just go over um, one more time the chart of ingredients uh, for war and peace. One, it's, it's, it's freedom uh, and freedom at the, uh, in the marketplace. Uh, it's the law of the unlimited demand for the good. It's allowing competition, the convergence and divergence uh, to occur within the marketplace, uh, and which happens uh, because of the law of differentiation. And of course, the motivation that happens when we uh, initiate priorities. <clears throat> so let's take a look at uh, what's happening when we open up this this talk about war. Uh, we mentioned North Korea. It's kind of the, the bad boy of the international war scene. And uh, what is the potential of war here for, uh, for Korea, for North Korea? Uh, well, internationally, um, Korea, North Korea, um, it does enter the, the international market with its production of its slave labor, uh, its production of coal and weaponry, and thus it does have some peaceful cooperative agreements, and it does have some peace within its between themselves and its customers for, for these, uh, these products. But outside of those with whom it deals, uh, its small, outside of its small customer base, which is really only other totalitarian regimes, it doesn't have any competitive and cooperative relationships. And no cooperation means no peace. And, and, and we should remember about uh, what Bastiat, Frederick Bastiat said about this. Uh, he said, when borders, when goods do not cross borders, armies will. And, and so we see uh, that our, our, our theory here is commensurate with, uh, with Bastiat. So um, the totalitarian regime uh, will, will typically uh, employ stealing that which they do not have, uh, such as advanced uh, knowledge and technology, because they're not as cooperative with others on the international scene, and they're not also uh, allowing within its country the, uh, uh, the convergence and divergence 
of um, uh, for the freedom of the individuals uh, within their countries. So they're not so uh, the individuals within these countries do not produce as much knowledge and technology as as other countries uh, individuals. So in a totalitarian uh, and, and and because of that uh, they have a a, a depreciation or, or a lack of production of knowledge and 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 because of that they they, they, they look to steal it out, outwardly and and thus the history of uh, international espionage uh, often uh, has historically been uh, the stealing of knowledge uh, by totalitarian dic dictators and because of uh, because of their little uh, differentiation and divergence and uh, it has typically very little cooperation with its citizenry uh, and the production of knowledge is less in a free society because free societies produce more knowledge and cooperation and uh, and, uh, and 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 the cooperation is more extensive which can gain uh, which is again produced by the competition and which contains the differentiation and divergence uh, uh, that we spoke about so because North Korea dictatorship does not produce cooperation as much as free societies, it must rely on coercion. And therefore, North Korea uh, is unethical, as North Korea is ideologically driven, an ideologically driven totalitarian society. And, and there are some totalitarian societies that maybe do not fit in this situation because they are not politically ideologically driven, like North Korea, but only economically driven and uh, cooperation within those type of a, a totalitarian society uh, may produce uh, a, a good living for their for their constituents and cooperation cooperation uh, may be uh, uh, may the, that that country may have a, a free market and and therefore its cooperation may may be good but I don't see many of these this type of totalitarians uh, societies in history almost um, they're almost non-existent uh, uh, so we can conclude that North Korea is unethical because it's its ethics is is the appropriate and mobius so we should tell you that uh, the, the definition of, of any type of ethical behavior is the appropriate dispensation of respect we can talk more about that in other other lectures uh, so, uh, therefore, North Korea or any totalitarian uh, regime uh, employs a non-ethical philosophy of the ends justifies the means. And, therefore, uh, when you have ends justifies the means as its, mo as, 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 as its philosophy in which it looks at its own citizens, uh, North Korea then is it becomes steeped in an internal war, and revolt is is possible uh, if the if the people had uh, any sort of means by which they could go to revolution. Uh, but the government has the control of all of production and all of weaponry, and so it's impossible. Uh, so. Uh, in, so um, North Korea uh, is at war with its citizenry. Uh, it is a totalitarian, authoritarian command society, 
and uh, as we know there's no competition and no divergence and thus little competition between one government and the citizenry it is a unilateral operation and the contract with with the people is that the, the ruler and his praetorian guard get most of the production and the peasants get very little but uh, due to the law of demand for the good the good the good goes in this case to the ruler and his praetorian guard because they want as much good to come to their lives as, as possible as we've seen with the with the with the the law of the unlimited demand for the good so if there's no cooperation and potential uh, the the potential for a war is high but as we mentioned the government is cognizant of this p potential and therefore they preclude any possession of, of weaponry by the by the uh, by the peasants so what they have to do is they have to replace uh, this demand for the good with a fear uh, that a uh, fear for their lives and a fear from an outward aggression by countries outside of their their society in order for them to even continue as a, as and function as a society so <clears throat> so so as we mentioned because of the non-cooperation by north korea or any other totalitarian politically ideologically driven dictatorship uh, they are behind free societies technologically and behind in their their standards uh, but we must not forget that the law of the unlimited demand for the good applies to all of life, including the North Korean totalitarian regime uh, as a nation, which will also want more goodness to flow in their direction. Also, um, although the, the potential for, for war with North Korea exists because of the law of unlimited demand for a good, it is, it, it, it is small because of the factor we have enumerated uh, in the in the causes of war motivation the the ratio of the sacrifice versus the reward when the sacrifice is large which is which is to go to war with the US and with and when the weapon when the sacrifice is dangerous which is to suffer uh, the the might of the US armed forces uh, yet the reward is commensurately small uh, what they would gain from such a war uh, there really would be a small probability that North Korea would initiate a war uh, with the motivation such as it is. So um, we're now going to we're going to talk about uh, a little bit, a couple of examples. Um, uh, one, if we talk about ideological uh, ideological war, where um, one ideology takes over by force, which is common because of the uh, of, of radical leftists uh, have typically used coercion throughout the uh, the the, uh, the 1900s uh, look at the Soviet Union in, in 1917 when uh, the uh, the Democratic Parliament of Alexander Kerensky was was crushed by uh, Lenin and uh, and his armed thugs uh, Vietnam uh, Germany uh, the Nazi party was a was a socialist party in fact that's what the Nazi stands for and they disbanded the rights of the uh, of the individual um, and uh, uh, took control of the government by an emergency a, uh, declaration and and uh, and so uh, freedom was uh, diminished and and look what happened there when freedom was diminished freedom was diminished here freedom was diminished here and 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 these societies tend to uh, to break out and uh, and cause war uh, not only intra nationally 
but internationally. They not only go to war with the people of their own country, but they end up going to war outside of their country, especially Germany, and including the Soviet Union. It went to war with, uh, 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 in response to, of course, Germany, but also after it tried to accumulate the, all of Eastern Europe, and it did accumulate it. So, um, so in, in general, entities uh, uh, do not like competition, uh, but competition is great because it causes diversification through uh, divergence. But the left wants to eliminate divergence, which is typical of the left, uh, um, as we've seen uh, in above in these situations. They were all leftist uh, regimes, and they uh, uh, they want it. Uh, it wants to eliminate uh, differentiation, which causes an increase, which uh, which causes increases of knowledge and and inventions and other things that are produced by by human uh, creative uh, character. And the left wants this because the left works to uh, create a, an equality in outcome. And the left does this uh, by coercion, and it does it um, uh, by coercion through government. And they, they need to do this because they believe, the left believes that others are bad. And, they, and because others are bad, they need governments through regulations and laws or, 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 or whatever to be imposed upon the individual. And, uh, and when they impose upon the individual, of course, there's a loss of freedom. And coercion, and this coercion that, that, that the left is used by, by the government creates uh, uh, or eliminates creativity because the differentiation of, uh, within competition uh, is is eliminated, and with the elimination of the of the creativity through the elimination of the differentiation, that can cause a war too. So let's uh, let's go here to a summary uh, and in, in the causes of of the war of of any kind of war. Uh, you have. Uh, let's take a look here, right. Okay, so you have a leftist government versus the people, such as the Soviet Union, North Korea, uh, all the communist uh, governments. Uh, the consumer, uh, uh, it's uh, the consumer, uh, the leftist government fights the consumer in the free markets. And uh, the, uh, uh, war can be caused by the elimination of this competition and, uh, and you have internal uh, revolt, and thus the elimination of di divergence and coercion. And the elimination of the, the convergence through coercion by the government means the elimination of the divergence or the differentiation uh, uh, and, and the potential for goodness. Uh, if there's little possibility, little possible potential for goodness, the potential for revolution increases because of the people's motivation to achieve goodness is present, and motivation is the sacrifice versus the reward. Therefore, the government will take away the means to war, and because it, it knows that this is this is a possibility, and so it it will take away the means to the war. So all governments, such uh, uh, such as leftist governments, will try to eliminate the populace owning guns. And we and, and such as Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, even in the United States, uh, the left has tried to get rid of the of the guns that uh, uh, that uh, are inhabited 
in the hands of, of the people. And in this situation, the government is at, is at war with the people. And uh, we should, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this more later in other episodes. Uh, so situation number two, uh, an, uh, where an economic entity versus the people, the consumer versus the free market. So an economic entity versus the, the people, the consumer and the free market. So uh, something like Ford or General Motors, when there's uh, versus the people or the few, uh, through its versus the uh, its its uh, consumer, um, the full competition and thus the full differentiation through divergence. Um, if it's eliminated, you get a monopoly, um, and this produces a, a, a high. So if you, but if if allowed, competition's allowed. This produces a high potential for the production of goods and and services. And this situation produces little conflict because it increases the potential for cooperation and cooperation and and, and cooperation means peace. And you have competition when you have competition you have uh, uh, co cooperation between the buyer and the seller. And uh, it also uh, if you have full competition it also allows some co uh, cooperation between uh, producers, because if you allow full differentiation, then companies are allowed to try and uh, steer away from direct competition. And uh, so, if you have a monopoly where um, the uh, it's one company um, dominating a marketplace, it eliminates the competition. It's eliminated the competition, and thus differentiation starts to decrease because it doesn't have any competition uh, to uh, cause it uh, to differentiate and create that new knowledge with the new products. Another uh, ideological situation is the government versus government. The situa uh, the situ this situation is where uh, those types of governments are democratic and, and thus freedom-oriented in, 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 in what we're going to discuss. And, uh, and when that happens, um, you get a uh, uh, you get a, a peaceful situation. Look at Western Europe; they're all democratic, and and uh, and so there's there's peace between all of them, and that happens because uh, the uh, because the ingredients of of war are, or the ingredients of peace are all in place. So as there is freedom, uh, there is a market of ideas, and thus there is competition of ideas and thus a, a differentiation of new ideas and, and and thus there's no motivation to war. Democracy is inherently peaceful because of the innate differentiation of ideas that occurs uh, because everybody's allowed to make an input. So another situation uh, is, uh, is consumer versus consumer which is uh, the individual versus the individual inside a free market, and when competition exists, there's there's absolutely no pot uh, potential for war. Um, so uh, that's it for today. Uh, and and uh, so let's go right back and just review um, the ingredients again for the for the cause of war and and the cause of peace. First, it's it's the unlimited demand for the good. Uh, within a within a, a society of, that allows for freedom, and that freedom allows for competition, 
and competition produces a convergence, a divergence, which produces knowledge and cooperation. And this is all uh, done through the motivation, all these in individual decisions that are that are that are made in in a, in, a fr in freedom, uh, in the free marketplace, are also subject to the risk reward ratio. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the sacrifice versus the reward ratio. So when the sacrifice is small and the reward is seen as potentially high, you have a great uh, potential for the execution of the decisions that are made inside a free marketplace. So thanks for joining me. And uh, if you have any questions, email me at chrisangle1 at gmail.com. Thanks for participating. Thank you for joining us on the Philosophical Angle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment.